0: Hi, I'm Matthew McFarland. And I'm Eddie Estrada. And this is Highbrow. Lowbrow. What up, Eddie? How are you? We're live from Mexico and from New York. I know,
1: two worlds, one
0: family, as
1: Phil Collins said.
0: Yes. That was Phil Collins, right? (laughs) There might be a slight delay... Um, cause like I said, I'm in New York Eddie's in Mexico and we are, we're doing the zoom thing again. We're back to, it's like quarantine all over again. <laughs> I know. I'm like, who are you? I
1: haven't seen you. I mean, how's it been in the, what? I have a uh, four days <laughs> since you've been returned to New York city.
0: It's a little bit of a culture shock. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's a little intense. It's good to be back. I'm thrilled to be back, but like the pace is so drastically different from where you are that like. I forgot almost. But uh I feel good. It's nice and cold here though. It's like not freezing, but it's like in that 40s right now, so it's like okay. brisk. It's really really nice. Will it be cold when I get there in 2 weeks? Oh, it'll be freezing when you get there. It'll be so 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 cold.
1: <laughs> not looking forward to that. Um but I'm looking for- it's great I do though. miss We the love, we love and New York in the winter. Yeah. New York is magic. So. Magic. Well, this week um, we, for Highbrow, Lowbrow, we talked about Tom Hanks. We watched his movies. But before we get
0: into that,
1: we need to go over our highbrow and lowbrow moment of the week. Did well, Ian, even you-
0: before we get into that, I just we do want to clarify one thing. Oh, so, yes. <laughs> we were going to do um, The Burbs and uh, Philadelphia. Um, and not Philadelphia Story, which is a 1940s film. Philadelphia, 1993. Um so we did do Philadelphia for the highbrow. We will be talking about that today. But um, the Burbs, we th- we thought it was rentable on Amazon. Uh, but we think back in October maybe it was when we made the schedule for what we were going to do. Uh, it is nowhere to be found on Amazon. Um, it uh, You can't stream it anywhere. Eddie went through such <laughs> great strides to like try to get it. Uh, In Mexico, but we were not successful. So instead, um, we decided to do one of his other films, That Thing You Do, uh, where he plays a featured role, but he also wrote and directed the film. So we thought that was a really cool, sort of a little curveball to throw at everyone. So we'll be doing Philadelphia and That Thing You Do instead, which I think, honestly... Is that, is better? Be no,
1: honest. no. The Burbs is so good. And I'm going to find a way that we can do the Burbs next season, maybe with Carrie Fisher. Um, Cause she's oh, in okay. it as well. Um, and Bruce Dorian's in it. It's got a lot of really good people in it, but I was really sad. I, I tried to like hack Amazon. I tried to pretend like I was in, I was in Mexico and I tried to use the VPNs we've been using for other stuff. Nothing worked. <laughs> uh, it was a two day <laughs> ordeal. Uh, I actually no did print the burbs here in Mexico on YouTube, but it was in Spanish. So, <laughs> and no so, English uh, subtitles, nothing. So we either we got to practice our Spanish or we're not going to see the movie. Uh, but
0: I'm shocked that it so, wasn't
1: anywhere to be found.
0: Yeah, me too. Because I've only heard really great things about it. So, but I, mean, I, I think we're going to, the episode's still going to be
1: cracking. It will today. still be a great episode. I mean, we'll get into it but the movie i chose that thing you do is a cl- is a classic and one of my favorite movies i've i think i've from my childhood so we will get into that but highbrow and lowbrow moment of the week
0: have you watched anything done anything so that's the thing is i it's only been a couple days since i left you in mexico and i haven't had a moment to really watch anything new okay. um, but just a moment in 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 film tv theater culture that i just wanted to talk about instead is um, My favorite actor on the face of the planet, Miss Jessica Chastain. Uh, it was announced today that she will be returning to Broadway this spring in the revival of A Doll's House by Henrik Ibsen. Um, but what's cool about this revival is Amy Herzog, the amazing contemporary playwright, is, is sort of doing uh, an adaptation of it. Um, oh. So it will be this, the Henrik Ibsen story, but I think uh, with new words, which will be very, very exciting. Interesting. So that's my sort of highbrow and lowbrow moment of the week. I just can't wait to see that in the spring.
1: Okay. Okay. I like that. Um, have I, you had time? I know your whole family is over there. What have you yeah, guys been Yeah, My watching? family has now dropped into the base. I am, this is like my one quiet time I've had uh, away from <laughs> them all. But I, I you know, I, yeah, I have been able to watch a couple things. Um, I wa- I'm going to do my highbrow and lowbrow. So my lowbrow is um dance with the stars um which i know you watched okay. as well and it's the week before the finale and i just got to say like i know it's lowbrow but you guys this season of dance with the stars has some phenomenal phenomenal dancers on it i'm going to say spoiler alert right now fast forward 30 seconds if you don't want to hear this but we found out the top 4 which are uh Shangela, who i love um Wayne Brady um, Gabby Windy, who's The Bachelorette, who I'm low-key obsessed with. She's like, I want to be best friends with her. She's so good. And uh, Charlie D'Amelio, who... If she wins, I'm going to be upset because she is a dancer by trade as well and kind of like a JoJo Siwa, but not like. Well, professional. Well, she has millions of followers millions on TikTok. Of followers. Like m- so I'm really pulling of for... Honestly, I'm pulling for Shangela to win, but that's just me in my own thing. But I also wanted to... Extend my gratitude to Len Goodman because um, he announced that he's no longer gonna be a judge on Dancing with the Stars. And if you if you're a Dancing with the Stars fan, this that's like, it's like a huge. And it's a huge for so many people. It's the end of an era. I think the, I don't think they're gonna bring anyone new in. I think it's just gonna be Derek and the other two. Maybe they'll bring in Julianne or like some guest judges here and there and do that a little bit more, but yeah, I was kind of devastated when I got... The, you texted me, and you're like, there's big news with the Stars news.
0: Well, because it was always three, right? It started out with just yeah. three, and then they brought it... Well, I think they brought Derek in because they because knew that COVID. Len's retirement was looming. Like, and They knew that he would probably finish out his contract a couple of years and then... That would be the end. Well,
1: with COVID, he wasn't able to fully come in and judge. And so there was like a lot of issues. So they brought oh, in Derek right. kind of to mitigate that. And now he's kind of taken over and people are so mean to Len. Like you need to be nicer to Len. If I was there, I'd just be like, <laughs> Len, I love you the whole time. But uh, that's my lowbrow moment. My highbrow moment. If you aren't watching it, the White Lotus is happening right now. And my, I tell I haven't you, caught up yet. It is so good. We watched the first two episodes here in Mexico Third episode, it's just art, and I, I, I was joking, and I kind of was saying I'm kind of living in a white lotus right now because I am in a very like fancy place in a very like not <laughs> I'm in the middle of in Me- the middle of nowhere, Mexico, basically like a beach town, and I just I feel I feel like I'm encroaching on these people. I don't know. It's hundred kind percent. Of, it's kind of white lotusy. I don't know. It's not like a four seasons like this is like a residence, but.
0: Oh, I guess I do have one thing that I did watch that I can talk about. It's um, the problem with Jon Stewart. It's on Apple TV Mm. plus. Um, It's, you know, if you know Jon Stewart, he was the longtime host of the daily show until Trevor Noah took over. And now Trevor Noah is exiting. Uh, But Jon Stewart has a new show on Apple TV plus called the problem with Jon Stewart. And um, it's similar to what he did on the daily show, but it's a little bit more um, raw okay and uncensored yeah and uh i love it season two just ended this past week they're coming back in january um and i highly recommend it if you like john oliver on hbo if you like trevor noah if you like any of that like um politics comedy crossover it's fabulous so yeah that's my Uh, yeah i'm a fan of
1: the problem as well we watch it i haven't watched the most recent episode so i need to catch
0: up but it's great yeah okay so, since we've gotten through our moments of the week, let's dive into the movies. Um, so Philadelphia. I don't think either one of us had seen it. Oh, really? Is that correct? See, I thought you had seen it. So
1: that. Nope. I thought you had seen Philadelphia. See, when I told my mom that that was a movie we were doing, she's like, "Oh, you're gonna love that movie. It's a great movie." Um, and I had never, I had never seen it, but she was like, "It's so good." We, I have a full disclaimer to put about Tom Hanks. We are big Tom Hanks fans in my family. I personally am a huge Tom Hanks fan and I've, I said it on last pod, but I'm just going to do my little moment. I know we talk about, we do a history of people, but Tom Hanks and I were born not only in the same town, but in the same hospital. He, him and I were both born in Mount Diablo hospital in Concord, California. I mean, they didn't announce his birth, but I was in the paper because I was the, I was the, I was the fourth living generation who had been born in that hospital. Uh, and so they did a big, like little news story about us because, wow. and then a year later I did happen to win the Concord Halloween costume contest at just a year old in a lion costume that my grandmother made (laughs) So, some may say Tom Hanks is the most famous person to come out of Concord, but for a while, I was the most famous person in Concord. Um,
0: Estrada Hanks, the, the names are, are you, you know, like they're not, they're, 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 they're the same, they're the same. <laughs>
1: he also did go to Sac State for college, which both my parents went to Sac State. He's a little bit older than them, so they didn't, uh, they didn't cross paths, but... Uh, yeah, so I just always have had, like, a, a little, like, I guess a little bit of a connection and a love from Mr. Hanks because of that.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny, uh, you know, recently, um, you know, I I liked him in, you know, I, I didn't like News of the World, but I liked him. He was good. Oh, my God, good. News of
1: the World. I forgot that movie.
0: <laughs> oh, my God, that movie was stupid. We I'm bought sorry.
1: that on Fandango <laughs> to watch, and we're like, why did we buy this movie? Why did we
0: buy this movie? Um, So, and... um. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. He he was great, you know, he was good, but like the nineties, like Sleepless in Seattle and Forrest Gump, and now this, like he had and that thing you do, like there were like his ooh, the movies that I love him the most are in that the in the nineties. Yeah. And I loved this movie. Um, you we're know, talking about Philadelphia, some right? directorial choices, I really, really, I thought he and Denzel were amazing and I loved this movie. I, I thought it was great. Um, and before I get into my whole spiel, since I'm usually the highbrow person, why don't you give a brief synopsis of what you thought this movie was about?
1: Yeah. And I know, I know I joke usually on my synopsis for movies, but I do want to take this one a bit seriously because it is a pretty heavy... I guess, what is it called? Like topic. That's what is that word? Mm, Topic. (laughs) The subject matter is very deep. It's it's intense. Yeah. So I believe it takes place in the nineties. Um, is it based
0: on a true story? Um, So, yes and no. I'll get into that in a little bit, but uh, yes and no. Okay. So, So, um, there's a family that claims that it was about their son who died. Scott Rudin, who was a producer on the film, um, put the kibosh on that, which is- Yeah, mm, I know. It's it's Scott Scott
1: Rudin. Rudin. Where have I heard that name before?
0: (laughs) It is, I'll go ahead and give credit. It is loosely based on on a case that was similar, um, with similar circumstances. Okay. Okay.
1: Um, so, the story is in Philadelphia. It is about this high powered attorney who is just at the top of his game, killing it, gets this amazing case, and uh, is basically going to be promoted to senior associate. I do work in law recruitment now, so I know the difference between associate, senior associate, partner, managing partner, all the above. So it's a big deal to move from associate to senior associate, and he's been working for this, obviously, for a while. He's got this amazing, great case. The firm is completely behind him. They love him. But when they're – after they give him the case, uh, you come to find out he has AIDS, And – The AIDS is progressing in his body. Uh, It seems to be like more towards the later stages of the disease. So he is, you know, moving toward death. Um, And one of the managing partners does see a uh, lesion on his head. He writes it off that it's like a racquetball, you know, accident. But at the end of this, uh, at the end of the case that he was working on, somehow the documents that are needed go missing even though he was sick and he dropped off the materials himself at the uh the firm cut to he is fired for basically being negligent on the job and not being able to work the case that he was supposed to be on and they they kind of say all these things like you have an attitude and you know, you, you know, we can't trust you. You're either on or you're off, even though he's shown no signs of that previously. Um, so he takes his case to Denzel, Denzel Washington and basically goes, yo, um, I was fired and I think it was, you know, they sabotaged me because, and paid it off as incompetence. But, you know, I think it's because they knew I had AIDS and, Denzel does not want to take the case at first, he's very homophobic, he's um, very afraid of AIDS, because at this point, you know, people didn't really know the full breadth of the disease and didn't know, you know, how you could actually get it, you know, what it entails, and... You know, there's a gr- there was a gr- that great shot of, um, you know, Tom Hanks in his office, and he's just looking at the lesion on his ha- head. The camera zooms the lesion on the head, him touching a cigar, him t- putting his hat on the table, back to the lesion. Like, just, you see kind of where Denzel's, like, you know, and then he gets worried he calls a doctor. But, you know, eventually Denzel, Denzel after he denies his case, decides to jump on it. And it's kind of not only a story of them creating this case to, you know, show that the firm was you know discriminating and against someone who has this disease but also it shows kind of how Denzel moves from his homophobia even though it's very strong through most of the movie he kind of understands that you know Tom Hanks is just another person who deserves respect who deserves you know to have his job and it it kind of changes the tides um in the end spoiler alert obviously Tom Hanks does die but he does win his case against the firm, and yep. it's uh, it was uh, you know it was a beautiful movie. It definitely was very touching. Uh, it's not an easy watch, but it's great. And I agree with you. I think a lot of the directorial choices in this, I think a lot of the characters in this. I mean, it shows a different side, I think, than what you would have seen this disease being portrayed as at the time. I mean, you have a family who is so supportive and behind him and understands that you've got him with, you know, a partner who doesn't have the disease it, played by Antonio Banderas. I was like, what? <laughs> who knew he was going to oh, be in this? Um, died. Yeah. It's, it was a really, really great film. And I, I don't know, correct me if I missed anything, but I
0: think I kind of gave the, the basic spiel
1: of what went down. Yeah. So
0: no, you did. So yeah. So it's the story of Andrew Beckett um, like you said, a high powered attorney, um, who was the top of his class at Penn and was highly sought after by this, um, this, um, high powered firm in Philadelphia. Um, and he is painted as like the top, you're right. He's painted as the best at the firm. And, um, we come to find out that he does have AIDS and you're right. There was a lesion on his forehead. He tells the associate or he tells the partners, it's just a bracketball accident. Um, we find out later that one of the partners actually knew another person, a woman at a, a, a sister firm uh, who had a similar, who had AIDS as well, had lesions was upfront about her disease um, was not, you know fired for it but um, the partner has seen it before so it, we're sort of led to believe that the partner knew and that's how um, yeah they were able to um, and they were waiting a guess, for the right moment to fire him and this was this um, incident where he finishes up this big case but somehow the brief for this case mysteriously goes missing and, um, there's sort of a race to get it filed by the court deadline. Um, and even though it is filed on time, this is the small little bump in the road that they're able to use to fire him. Um, and yeah, it, I, I, I didn't know Denzel was in it. Um, he plays Joe Miller, this sort of, um, rival attorney, um, who, uh, yeah, I, 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 I there were so many things about it that were so moving. Um, so this was film. This was directed by Jonathan Don, uh, Demme, who uh won his Oscar for directing *Silence of the Lambs*. Okay. Um, and he also directed *Rachel Getting Married*, which is another movie we'll be covering next season. Yeah, especially with the
1: news we just heard now about *Princess Diaries* three coming out.
0: I know. Uh, oh, I know. I was I was gonna text you about that. I'm so excited about *Princess Diaries* three. Um. And and you know what? When I found out that he directed the film, I, I it makes so much sense because if you remember Signs of the Lambs, um, there's a lot of close-ups, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, in-your-face shots, and in this film, there's a lot of that between Denzel and between Tom. There's a lot of um really close, um cl- a lot of close shots to get every you know, like scrap of emotion, um, and this was the first film of its kind that put AIDS at the forefront of everyone's minds. It put homosexuality and homophobia at the front of everyone's minds. And it was, it was the first big Hollywood, um, like, you know, uh, recognition of the gay plight in the nineties, the epidemic that killed so many of us. Yeah. Um, and you know, you know, and I'll 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 talk about this a little bit more later when I mention some remarks that Tom made about the film. But this was not this was not a film that people were jumping to do because of the stigma well, behind yeah. playing a gay character uh, in Hollywood. Um, but Tom and Denzel rose to the occasion, and um, I gotta just say, on a personal note, like this movie probably would not have gotten made had Tom not said yes. And I think what that a this guy. was what the a beginning guy. of
1: what I said. What a guy, Tom. It's
0: truly, I mean, I I don't think that I think this started an entirely new conversation about AIDS and gay people in American culture, but also in Hollywood. I think from the '90s onward, that's when we really started to see the tide turn for acceptance of of gay people in the country. Um, and you know the, the fact that Antonio Banderas is in the and again another another man that we that we look at at this time and we still do as like the the pinnacle of masculinity and seeing him come in as like the 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 sensitive but 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 strong lover um who like wants to protect his 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 partner um and I just thought that this movie like not only did it illustrate you know the um, the complexities of a black man in America um, and the hyper-masculinity in that community and, and how that translated into Denzel and to uh, Joe Miller, Denzel's character into how he felt about Tom mm-hmm. and how he eventually comes around because of initially um, and you already brought up that beautiful scene where he comes in and their first encounter in the office when the camera's, you know, panning to all of uh, the things that Tom is touching Which, again, it it speaks to the uh, stigma and to the complete um, misunderstanding and and lack of uh, knowledge about the disease at the time. Um, But to see him say no at first, but then to see Andrew Beckett's humanity and to eventually say yes and uh, to believe that the law in America belongs to everybody, not just for a chosen few really moved me. I I loved the family dynamic, like the yes. fact that he had such an incredible family. Um one of my favorite actors ever, Anne Dowd. Um if for those of you who don't know her, she was um Emmy nominated for her her featured role on The Leftovers on HBO and she won an Emmy recently for her um her very scary role on The Handmaid's Tale. To see her in this, I just I just loved her part wasn't that big, but the small choices she made throughout the film, I thought were spectacular. The mother, I don't know who that actress is, but the mother fantastic killed me. Absolutely fantastic. And, um, to juxtapose the love and support of the family against the, the, um, the just absolute cruelty of, of the culture of America at the time. um, I thought Mary Steenburgen as the as the lawyer was absolutely amazing because you know like, I love Mary or Steenburgen from. Is oh, hold on, Alexa's talking to me.
1: Um. Yes, Mary Steenburgen. What is she look, from? What's who that we love? show I like? Zoe's an ultimate
0: playlist. Or yeah, Zoe's extraordinary playlist. That's it. That's the one. <laughs> and um. I'm like an eighty year old I mean, woman. She, <laughs> And we all know her to be this, like the epitome of love and compassion and sweetness. And so for her to play someone who has to be ruthless in their persecution of, of a gay man. I loved,
1: I got to say, I loved that one quick line in that scene where she sits down after doing the mirror and she goes, I hate this case. Because she, like, as a lawyer, regardless of your feelings about a case, if you're assigned to a case, you got to do it. That's your job. And to see her have that just, like, moment where she's like, I'm doing my job, but I, this is not what I want to be doing.
0: Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I thought that, um, I, I just thought that was all beautifully done i mean again the the scenes between tom and denzel were were truly the highlights of the film yeah there were a couple things directorially that i may not have done um uh i did love the bruce breenstein song that won best song uh by the way at the oscars that year streets of philadelphia um is that what i like that wasn't the movie
1: the song at the end of the movie that they're playing like no at the beginning
0: okay the one there was another one at the end um, that uh, was also nominated. That didn't win, but Bruce's um, also it won like a bunch of Grammys, like Song of the Year. Like it, it was a big song that year. Okay. Yeah, I liked I liked that it started the film. I didn't like that they kept bringing it in, to be honest. Okay. Um, and I Howard Shore is an incredible composer, but there were some and I, some I loved most of the music in there, but some of the music it felt very um. Mrs. Doubtfirey like it remind, it it felt a little ju- it felt a little um light when i the movie sort of is there is there's a darkness to this movie yeah that i was like oh, i don't know if the it, i don't know if atmospherically it really fits but um I, you know i think there's so many moments that i i absolutely loved but i think my one of my favorites is when tom and denzel it's right before the last night of the trial and Tom is is turning on the opera music mm. and sort of going off into this other like dream state, kind of dream state. And and Denzel being able to witness this, I mean, just that whole scene was just so well done, well shot, well crafted. I it was it's the, it was very theatrical. Um, I just I I I thought it was so great. Yeah, this I mean, again, I would change a couple things directorially, but. Um, I, I love the passage of time, the way that they set that up, but I, I kind of wanted, and just, as just me as like a viewer, I just wanted like a, a more of a gotcha moment in the trial. Like I wanted to find out like where the brief went, like who took it and kind of hit it somewhere, like, or who misplaced it. I mean, you're not going to get that in every case. And I think,
1: I think that kind of made it more real for me. You know what I mean? Like it was at the end of the day, it's not going to be a gotcha moment. It's just going to say, Hey, this is the case that's laid out. We're not going. They hid themselves. They tried to hide themselves well, and they did because we can't pinpoint it on a person. But what they did was wrong. But yeah, I don't. You're know. right. I I appreciated no, that choice.
0: You're right. Well, no, you're right because if if the goal of the film is to sort of really hammer home that every person deserves equal protection under the law, no matter what. Yeah. Having it be sort of clinical like that, it that is like it. I think that was it's it's more digestible for yeah, um, and and the movie wasn't the about finding this person. It was about
1: bringing justice to Andrew Beckett at the end of the day. Yeah. so I mean, yeah. I, I I enjoyed it. Um, anything else you want to say about this movie?
0: So yes, there are a few more things I wanted to um to to yes, talk about no, so I, Jeffrey Browers. Um, that's the name of the man that we believe, uh, that this movie is, is loosely based on Okay. his life. So I just wanted to put his name out there. Rest in peace. Um, the movie made, um, an astounding $206 million. Um, and it was a 26 million to make. And it was, I think the end up being the 12th highest grossing film of 1993. So it, it did very, very well. Wow. Um, It won an Oscar for uh, best original song and it won Tom Hanks won the Oscar. Um, And I actually just wanted to read his acceptance speech. If you'll let me. All right. I'm just going to read it off here like a teleprompter. Okay. (laughs) Here's what I know. I could not be standing here without that undying love that was just sung about by not Bruce, but Neil Young. And I have that in a lover that is so close to fine. We should all be able to experience such heaven right here on earth. Talking about his wife, Rita. Gotta I, know, I know I know. also that I should not be doing this, I should not be here, but I am because of the union of such filmmakers as Ed Saxon, Ron Nicewainer, Christy Zaya, Tak Fujimoto, Jonathan Demi, who seems to have these, referring to the Oscar, attached to his limbs for every actor that works with him as of late. And a cast that includes Antonio Banderas, who, second to my lover, is the only person I would trade for. And a cast that includes many other people, but the actor who really put his film image at risk and shown because of his integrity, Mr. Denzel Washington, who I really must share this with. I would not be standing here if it weren't for two very important men in my life. So, two that I haven't spoken with in a while, but I had the pleasure of just the other evening— Mr. Rowley Farnsworth, who was my high school drama teacher who taught me to act well the part there all the glory lies, and one of my classmates under Mr. Farnsworth, Mr. John Gilkerson. I mention their names because they are two of the finest gay Americans, two wonderful men that I had the good fortune to be associated with, to fall under their inspiration at such a young age. I wish my babies could have that same sort of teacher, those same sort of friends. And there lies my dilemma tonight. I know that my work on this case is magnified by the fact that the streets of heaven are too crowded with angels tonight. We know their names. They number a thousand for each one of the red ribbons that we wear here tonight. They finally rest in the warm embrace of the gracious creator of us all, a healing embrace that cools their fevers, that clears their skin and allows their eyes to see the simple, self-evident common sense truth that is made manifest by the benevolent, by the benevolent creator of us all. And was written down on paper by wise men, tolerant men in the city of Philadelphia 200 years ago. God bless you all. God have mercy on us all and God bless America. How beautiful. That's a great speech. Yeah. Right. I highly recommend everyone go and watch that speech because it's amazing. Matthew loves to watch a good acceptance speech. I
1: have he's sat me down for and at this is least the one a the half best. hour once, if not more, just showing me videos, which are and, they're all very good. I do love watching a good acceptance speech, and it's good yeah. practice for you. It's manifestation for when you have yours one day.
0: Exactly. But um, yeah, I thought Tom's acting in this was so good. It was so understated. Um, he wasn't playing a caricature or playing an idea of of a, a stereotype of a gay man. He was just playing a man who deserves justice, who deserves respect, who deserves what everyone yeah. else on the planet deserves. And it was just so beautifully done. He wins another Oscar literally the next year for Forrest Gump. And this was his um, first Oscar. Yeah, this was his first and uh, Forrest Gump was his second. Wow. I love that. Yeah, it
1: was, yeah, it was, a but great that's film. all I have. Do you have anything? No, I mean, I just got to say, like, yeah, I was... The cast is stellar. This is one of the... This is honestly one of, I think, one of the favorite movies we've watched. I'll get into it, but this is one of my tops for uh low low so far.
0: Yeah, I agree. All right, so do you want to do That Thing
1: You Do? Okay, yes. Yeah, so since we couldn't watch The Burbs, which is one of my favorite movies... Uh, Devastating. We had to do That Thing You Do, which is another one of my favorite movies when I was younger... This song I used to sing around the house all the time. And you mm -mm, doing that thing you do. It's so good. It's like literally unreal. Um, And I accidentally, when I rented this for us to watch, I got us the extended cut. So it was two and a half hours. It was longer than Philadelphia. Of, it was, but it was good. I mean, it was I, the two and a half hours. I don't know if it was needed, but it was definitely
0: a nice watch. So I recommend watching the hour and forty-five minute original version. Okay. Um, so Matthew, <laughs> uh, let me know
1: the synopsis. Explain it to me like I'm four years old. That's a Philadelphia so, reference. Oh my god!
0: <laughs> this little throwback to Philadelphia. Um. Uh. So. I watched this movie hundreds of times as a kid with my sisters. We were obsessed with this movie. Um, we would quote it all the time. Um, but basically, uh, it's about it's set in Erie, Pennsylvania. So we're still in Pennsylvania. There's a theme here. Wow, Tommy loves um, the pen. We do. Uh, and it basically that centers around. Um, well, the, I guess the main character is this guy named Guy Patterson. He works at his father's electronic shop in the '60s. And like the early sixties, I think. And, um, he, uh, he is an incredible jazz drummer, um, who, I, I think he just got off. Um, they mentioned in the film that he, um, he served in the war, uh, in Germany, uh, or he served up uh, just in the military in Germany right before this. Um, so he's kind of like working for his dad, kind of like a little lost. And, um, a group of his friends uh, are in this, uh, they're trying to create a band together. Um, One of the band members, the drummer, uh, he, uh, his name is Chad. He um, breaks his arm and can't perform at this big talent show that they're supposed to perform for a hundred dollar grand prize for the winner. And so they ask I Patterson to join them. And uh, what happens is uh, they are supposed to play this like sultry love ballad called that thing you do at the competition, but guy gets so excited that he plays it as an uptempo. It ends up being a huge dance hit and um, it picks up steam really fast. They get asked to play at this uh, Italian restaurant by the airport. And then before you know it, a manager approaches them and wants to um, help them make a record and get their record on the radio, which he does. Um, And then before you know it, Tom Hanks comes on the scene. He plays a manager with uh this record company called Playtone Records and he takes uh the Wonders. They're called The Wonders O N E uh, D E R S um the Oneters. Um but then eventually turn to The Wonders like Wonderful. Um The Wonders go on tour with some of the stars of the Playtone label and they're hit uh, that thing you do just starts climbing the Billboard charts, and before you know it, it's number seven on the Billboard charts. They're leaving the Playtone tour because they're going to go to Hollywood, and they're going to be on a Hollywood showcase, and like they're going to blow up. Um, but as is the tale with a lot of one-hit wonders, which this movie is about, um, uh, group uh, dynamics start to explode. Um, one, uh, the 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 band aid of the group uh should we say, play Faye, played by the wonderful ah. Tyler, who's uh dating Jimmy. Jimmy's a lead singer. Um, she um is uh supports the band, but she has friction with Jimmy. Um Jimmy starts to fall for uh one of the stars of the playtone label. Um one of the other uh the bass player of the group he wants to go and join the marines. um the guitarist and secondly vocalist played by the amazing Steven Zahn, who honestly is the he steals he takes this movie and steals it from everybody i I
1: have to say I completely agree with you. He's my steals favorite part of this, this movie, movie has all the best lines all constantly. the best jokes like, like bar I none. wonder wonder um, like I wonder what happened to the own I I quote this movie to all day.
0: So good. Uh, So, yeah, group dynamics sort of take over and they have a huge success at the Hollywood Showcase, but the band breaks up just like that. Um, And this sort of underlying romance that's been occurring between Guy and Faye comes to fruition at the very end. And, um, even though this isn't based on any real band, they do a really cute, uh, where are they now after the movie, after the breakup and everyone kind of goes their separate ways. And it's just a really, um, such a cute, smart, snappy film about, um, bands and one hit wonders. And, um, Tom Hanks wrote and directed this movie and, um, yeah, that's all. I won't get into what I thought about Tom just yet, but that's basically the synopsis of the film.
1: Yeah, you've got it down. Yeah, I first of all, I watching this now again as an adult and kind of knowing actors and actresses and all of that, shocked by the people that are in this. Uh the original drummer is Phoebe's brother from Friends. I had no idea. I was like, "Oh my gosh. Um, you've got Charlize Theron playing a guy's old girlfriend who like ends up running off with the dentist. She's great in this. She's, She's the perfect so for this good. role." I mean, I love Liv Tyler. I watched this with my family here in Mexico and my grandpa kept going, she is so young. She looks so young. Every time Liv Tyler came on the screen and I was like, yeah, this movie came out like 30 years ago. Um, but it's, yeah. It's Did you catch Brian Cranston too? Like a little Ryan cameo? Cranston. With... Okay. I have a question. Was the, was the annoying frat boy that was always trying to pick up chicks? Was that Steve Buscemi? No, <laughs> never mind. No, (laughs) and also the sister of guy sounded eerily like Bernadette Peters.
0: He gives he gives major Steve Buscemi vibes, but no, that was not no. Okay, okay. (laughs) No, that That was was like Steve. Steve? (laughs) Wow, he's been working for a while. Uh, No, but he he plays that sort of small role in every film, like that like that antagonizing. Oh, Adam
1: Sandler has milked him for that for all he's worth. Trust us, we know. Um, but. Yeah, it's about the one-hit wonders, the Oneeders, the wonders. And, yeah, I have to agree with you. Mr. Zahn is the best part of this entire movie. Uh, I was watching it being, like... My whole thing was I was watching it being, like, who could I remake this with now? That was kind of the idea. I thought Guy Patterson, honestly, kept... I wrote in my notes Sean Mendez because he looked so much like like a tall, skinny Sean Mendez. Um, oh. But I was trying to figure out, like, who could be that, st- like, Steve Zahn character. And I was thinking... The guy who played his son, the kid who played his son in White Lotus, would be perfect for this. That's immediately yes. who I thought of, who we also well, saw and, in Pam and Tommy*.
0: Yes, I I might have Miles Teller play Guy Patterson. Yeah, Guy Patterson, and Sean would probably play Jimmy. I think. Yeah, but no, Sean Mendes can't
1: act. We saw we did not see, but we've heard about Lyle Lyle Crocodile. I'm not giving that kid anything yet. Like well, he's, he's a little YouTuber. He
0: plays a crocodile. He's not an actor. He's a voice actor in that. You can't. I mean again I'm not defending Sean Mendez but also I like I mean he
1: also did on. act in a relationship with Camille for... <laughs> but we're not going to get it, into that either. <laughs> you,
0: I I agree. I agree. Um but yeah I just thought you know again the the original ver- yeah the I the uh, extended version was great don't get me wrong but like it Tom was so smart to cut the fat. Yes. Like the extra 30 minutes that we watched like it you didn't you don't need it because the the, the standard version is just much more fast paced, like, and it, which kind of um, mimics like the fast paced nature of like their yes. rise to fame. Um, I thought, you know, to talk about Tom's directing for a second, I thought it was shot beautifully. The casting was fantastic. Um, I love the use of music throughout and, uh, and it's all original music, which I thought was great. Um, And it was so nice to see Tom in this sort of, you know, not the leading man, but the, the sort of he's sort of the the voice of reason yeah you know throughout the film and I loved um him sort of being the the conscience like he he he's sort of he straddles like you know being working for the man working for the label and kind of being a slave to the label but also is sort of the little angel on guy's shoulder and on everyone's shoulder being like you can still keep who you are and keep your integrity and be in this business. You don't have to be Saul. What's his face? That gross record. Yeah, you know, he exec. was so disgusting. Yeah. Ugh. God, I remember being a kid and that he grossed me out. And then him eating his sandwich. Him like making ugh, I sandwich. remember just I, eating him as a kid. I gag. I gagged watching
1: this as an adult when he's like, "No, you don't need to use all this plastic stuff." And he like picks up the the meats and like dunks them in the mustard. I was like, "Please, I would, I would faint if that happened in real life." But gross. No, but yeah, I've, I loved
0: Tom at the end talking to Guy about one-hit wonders and about, like, you know, it, this is a, it's, it's, it's a story that's told over and over, you know? And I loved him being like, there, everyone has a role, and he wanted to remind Guy that Guy is smart. Like, you are the smart one. You, you This isn't going to be your story. Like, you have more to give, and you have other things to do. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, he and yes, yeah, he's on. He had the best one-liners. I remember my sisters and I cracking up when um he would kiss the the cutout of the girl when their f- song was on the radio. Him playing gold f- go fish um with those guys at the bar. Um, oh, him being like, I when- am gonna win that blue ribbon. Just so good. Oh yeah, when with the with the pig at the state fair, that's a
1: great line. Uh, but my I think my favorite line is are asking them all their favorite like artists and their favorite singers, and he's like he does like the whatever in the shrimp shack or whatever like the, the captain beach in the show. shrimp shack
0: shooters.
1: He's so good. It's so good. It's a great, I mean, if you haven't seen that thing you do, first of all, who are you? Because this is a classic film, but like, so it, good. it would be considered lowbrow, I guess, like in the sense that like, it is kind of like, it's not like an Oscar film. It's nothing like, like Matt, like that, but it is like magic. It is special. It was and nominated for best really original song. Story. It didn't win, but it was nominated for best original song. For that thing you do for the, yeah. For the song. I mean, why didn't it win? I bet it was, did D- Diane Warren write it? Is that why it didn't win? Cause. We
0: uh, no, I honestly, th- I swear I-, I need to look back, but like, I want to say one of these two years, the lion King won best song circle of life. One, either 93 or, or 94. Yeah. Or no. It, ugh cause it, like, I just can't three or four songs King. from the lion King were nominated for that year. Oh no, I think that was the year that Philadelphia. I couldn't remember because I again I was hopping between '96 and '94 in terms of my stats. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was nice to see Tom play a more subdued, um, totally you know, cold but also with a like a well, like a cold but with a heart of gold kind of character. Yes. And I I ooh even more so than I because when I was a kid I always thought Jimmy was such a little brat Shit. Yeah. and I was like you don't get it like you guys are just starting out, like you play the game for a bit and then you get to do whatever you want to do. And in this extended version, I felt that even more, it's like you're, you don't get to, you don't get to call the shots. Like you are just starting out, like be great. And I love, I love just Steve's character being like, Oh yeah. What they're, they're, they're such assholes. They're after us, like putting us up here in this nice hotel, like playing our record on the radio, a bunch of snakes, you know, it's like, you gotta like enjoy the beginning of this. And then once that's done, you get to then write your own works. songs and do your own thing later. Exactly. Yes. No, he
1: really pissed me off. I have to say Liv Tyler. in this is astounding. So good. She plays like, she's just, she's so fragile the whole movie in her. And she plays it so well. Like you just want to take care of her the whole time. I'm always just like, mm, why are you letting this Jimmy boy take control of you? But the love between her and guy had been forming for the whole time and you can tell she's infatuated with him the moment she meets him but the, i love the bonusmeshwell yeah
0: and i loved him like always wanting to know where she was checking in like he pulling her into the car when the
1: when they almost get separated he gives her the shout out on the radio he does so much cuz they would be nothing her. without her they would be nothing without her and that's what he says he's like you were the one who struck the lightning struck you. And you put that into us. You named our band. You got us from whatever to the wonders. Like you were the one who made us. So that's why we need oh, you.
0: And I love that speech that she says, like I have wasted thousands of kisses, kisses. on you. Kisses that I thought were special. And then she said, shame on you for me kissing you with my eyes so tight. Like, Tom Hanks, like such great, great writing. writing.
1: Great writing.
0: Oh, this movie is so good. Yeah, no,
1: I, I'm so glad. I mean, I didn't know that it was one of your favorite movies, but I'm glad that you enjoyed it as well.
0: Oh my and God. I'm so, I mean, cause again, like it was either this or splash or the, the most recent Pinocchio remake or Color Express, and we were like, let's not put people through any of yeah, that. Yeah, I was like, if we're going to do something, not the burbs, which we'll do the burbs eventually,
1: I'm going to find out a way for us to, I might buy it, like I had to, I had to buy Showgirls for us to watch Showgirls the first time, and so... Oh my god, we should totally do Showgirls That's a season podcast. two, that's a season two. And we also, and By doing that thing you do, we kind of double dipped a little bit and we gave a preview of something we're going to be doing in season two, which is we're going to be throwing directors in the mix as well. So this was a fun way to kind of look at Tom Hanks as a writer and director of this film and kind of analyze it in that way as well. Because, yeah, it's it's a whole different. I mean, he was in this, obviously, but it was it was interesting to see his vision and understanding. Maybe it's good that we watched the extended cut because we kind of got to see the movie as a whole of what he wrote and like his his entire idea and obviously he had to mm-hmm. cut it down and that's also his vision as well but you know it's it's the the way he I think yeah the way that the story goes it's just so quick and it doesn't it didn't really feel like 2 hours because it's like you're on this ride with the, the with the band you're on this ride with the wonders
0: yeah well and i think it's so funny like between i mean tom everett scott is like a young tom hanks Yes. And yes. the guy playing his father is like Tom Hanks now. Now, Yes. And I love that his wife, Rita Wilson is in it and As plays Marguerite, this
1: like, I love her brassy,
0: mm. like bartender with like a heart of gold. My dad goes, do you know who that is?
1: And I was like, it's obviously Rita Wilson. We love her. By the way, I have to give a shout out to my dad really quick because okay. he, he got to Mexico and goes, so I have to let you know on the, on my flight. And he flew American. Uh, he's like, I was able to watch all about Steve and, and cursed. And I was like, those were on the planes. So he's like, yeah, could you believe it? And I was like, he's like, he's like, not only did I binge your episodes, I got to watch both of those movies. So I have to give a
0: shout out to my dad because I was we like, we love wow. Edward senior. That's amazing. Um, I also love that his, did you catch that his son was also in it? Yes. Colin was escorted well. live Tyler into the Hollywood showcase. I love that. And also in this extended version, it is heavily implied that he is gay, that Tom Hanks, character is gay. Yes. And I was obsessed with that. I loved that. Like I, cause like, again, those, those moments with that guy, with his, like with the guy in the car and the guy who he makes Brian Cranston call later, like that's all cut from the first film. Yeah. And I was like obsessed. I was like, you go Tom Hanks, way to rep for us. And both Um, movies. Speaking of which, one thing I did actually to go back to Philadelphia for a second, cause Tom was recently interviewed in 2022 about Philadelphia and he said like it was an honor to do that film and honor to be to represent what it represented but if it was made today I would never be cast in that role and rightfully so like if they ever made a movie like that today I would want someone in that role who fully knows that experience who who understands that or yeah exactly and I just thought that and I but I love that I love I love Tom like I just love that he he was able to honor us back then, but also now understands that like, it's, it's, it's a, it's time for us to actually be the ones to tell the stories. I just think that between both films, these just show how, what a great artist he is, what a great guy he is, like how much integrity he has. And like, he's just, I hope he keeps, I mean, I think he will obviously, but I just want to, I I'm excited to, to, I've sort of fallen back in love with him and I can't wait to keep watching him. Cause again, my, I still think my favorite Tom Hanks film is Sleepless in Seattle. I think that's going to be my favorite Tom Hanks film ever. Um, but, and You Got Mail is also so good. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm glad that we, we did him season one. Cause he's, he's a king.
1: We might bring them back for season two. We might have a couple of re- or season three. We might have some repeat offenders because people like this. I mean, I've also never seen Castaway, which I didn't tell you, but I was not ready to sit down and do it. What is it like four hours? It is
0: so freaking good. You, I, cr- you cry through most of it. It's so. I mean, it's insane. Well, and Tom beat out a lot of good people. Like it was a vi- like Philadelphia. Philadelphia didn't get nominated for best picture, best director, none of that because it. It, this was the same year as Schindler's List. Oh, wow. Um, Age of Innocence, Remains of the Day. Like, it was a very he- heavy year. He beat out Liam Neeson for Best Actor. Like, it, yeah, it was, he, he killed it. See, I
1: think my favorite Tom Hanks film is Big, but that's also because I grew up watching them. That was one of the movies that I had in my that's also so cabin good that I would yeah. just
0: put in all the time that was his first nomination was big
1: oh really uh deserved yeah. well deserved and i loved going to fao schwartz and pretending to be him on the big piano because <laughs> there was an fao schwartz in san francisco so whenever we used to go to fao schwartz or oh, the city fun. and i think there was like another uh whatchamacallit another giant uh keyboard later but love well that it stuff. was in
0: uh, fao schwartz was in new york on fifth avenue across from the plaza but then the apple store moved in there and it closed down, but now there's a new F.A.O. Schwartz somewhere in Manhattan. I'm not sure where it well, is now. It will never be the original. It will never be the same. Um, but yeah, what a
1: great, uh, what a great episode. I mean, I think these were both great movies. It, like I said, if you haven't watched them yet, go watch them. I believe Philadelphia is on Hulu. So if you want to watch on Philadelphia, Hulu for free, it's great. It's it's perfect. Um, and then that thing you do, you have to rent, but. It's three bucks. Buy, and it's the worth movie. It. buy the movie. It's worth it. It's a, yeah, such honestly, a rewatchable movie. All right. So highbrow and lowbrow moment of each film and you know, and your ratings. So you should I go first or do you want to go first? I'll go first. Okay.
0: Okay, so my I guess I'll do my highbrow, lowbrow moment of that thing you do. So my highbrow moment, um honestly, I love my favorite is uh my highbrow moment is the um the montage of their of their song climbing the charts I love the way it was shot and um yeah that's I love that um the lowbrow moment is probably when uh the guy is trying to tell a joke at the talent show and the the other guy is like you're a jerk dude he goes shut the fuck up I'll kick your ass um that's my favorite part And what would you what would you
1: rate that thing you do? How many Matthew? Oh, I'm
0: gonna give it a 4.5 out of five. Woo, that's high,
1: Matthew. I know.
0: I know. Uh, It was just it was fabulous. It was so good. I forgot how good it was, and I'm glad I got to rewatch it. I'm glad I got
1: to rewatch it as well. Um, Okay, I'm gonna do Philadelphia. So I think my highbrow moment has to be. I'm gonna say it's that it was that shot that I talked about with. where it's just the different shot of basically from Denzel's point of view, looking at that first meeting with Tom Hanks. I just thought that was such a brilliant way to kind of portray the anxiety of that first meeting between the two of them and kind of show his prejudice without outright, outrightly saying this guy is homophobic and prejudice against people with this disease. Um, my lowbrow moment um I don't know. I thought the weird cut of like the into the like the 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 porno movie theater was not needed like where it's like hi I'm 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 Robert and like hi I'm Andrew. Like I thought that was kind of like not needed like cuz like there was no other real fantasy sequence in the in the courtroom. I don't know. It didn't really bring anything for me.
0: I got I you. Know. My I I, I want to know you yours another lowbrow moment yeah. is when he's coming out of the courtroom and that guy just goes, "It's all it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve." I was like, "Oh, oh my god." I that literally made me that made me laugh out loud. I <laughs> forgot
1: I forgot about that part. Yeah, maybe that is also a lowbrow moment for me too. Also, I'm just curious, what was your highbrow moment of Philadelphia? Just cuz I want to know. Um
0: You know, I can't the, again, I love Dan Dowd as a sister, but the mother, when, when he first calls her at the very beginning of the film. Yes. And yes. he is just like, Hey mom, my T cells are good. Everything's fine. And she just has a moment of like, it's just, it's such a great moment of like relief, but also complete fear because with the disease, especially at this time in our history, every day was, is, is different. Some days are great. Some days are not. So, I thought she played that moment beautifully. And it just yeah. it hit me right off the bat. And I was like, this movie is going to be good.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. When she, cause it's like, Oh, I'm good. And then she asks about like the platelets or something. I was like, Oh, it really cements their relationship right at the beginning that it's like, there is no, they're, they're open. They're both in this together. The family's there to support. I agree with totally. you. I thought that was great. I'm going to give Philadelphia as well. I'm going to give it 4.5 Eddie's out of five because I really, really did enjoy this film. It was really great to watch. I'm very glad that you suggested it. Uh, yeah, I was, it was fantastic. These were great. Okay. I'm really excited for next week too. Do you want, do you want to reveal? Do you want to reveal who we're doing?
0: Okay. Since we're talking about Kings and Queens of cinema, Mm Hmm. Um I feel like she is I, honestly I feel like she's the queen of she's one of the queens of Hollywood. Um is 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 spectacular in almost everything she's in. Um I I just I cannot wait to do this person we are doing the incomparable Julia Roberts. Ha <laughs> ha. Julia And uh, the highbrow film is going to Roberts. be uh, we have to do the Oscar winning film Aaron Brockovich and then what's the lowbrow film? Well, I'm I liked. I know you've
1: seen it already, but I need to see it again. And I feel like it's a classic and I want people to enjoy the movies we were watching. So I'm going to say My Best Friend's Wedding, which I mean, it's so it's good. Fantastic. And they just did like I think they just did a small reunion in Entertainment Weekly or something. So it's been on the forefront of my mind. Like, I need to watch this movie again.
0: One well, then we can, and, we can we can totally bring all that stuff up too in the episode. Yeah. And it's it's a rom-com. So it's lowbrow. So, my best friend's wedding in Aaron Brockovich, y'all. You have a week to watch. Um, I cannot wait. She's amazing, and I can't wait to talk about her. Yeah.
1: Me as well. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening this week and for watching on YouTube as well. Make sure you're yes. subscribed on YouTube and also wherever you're listening, whether that's SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iTunes, or Spotify, the whole shebang. And make sure you also follow us on social media at Pod. And we'll see you next time. Have fun. And I'll still be in Mexico for next week.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we will be doing this again from Mexico and from New York. Bye, Eddie. Bye, Matthew. I'll see you soon. Bye, y'all.
1: Bye.